everybody to the Greatest Garage podcast. We are so excited to have Dan Skidmore here joining us today. Uh, Jim and I are going to grill him. We're going to learn from his experience and we're going to share all the nuggets that we can with you. Um, so today, the question that we're really asking is, what do I do when my business gets just white, right? What, hap- what do I do when my business hits a wall and gets crushed? And, you know, how do I, what do I turn? What do I do? What do I do differently? And uh, Dan has an am- amazingly intense experience that he came through where his business got flooded out, couldn't operate in there, couldn't be in there. And he's going to tell us how he turned inwards to rebuild that business and, and really kind of figure out what to do next. And part of what we're finding here is, you know, is the challenge. And, and, and guys, why is it such a challenge for us once we hit that wall you know, why is it such a challenge to, to really figure out what to do next? Once we get, you know, like Mike Tyson says, everybody's got a plan until they get punched, right? Why do we struggle so much to find that next step? You know, from my perspective, um, I, I know Dan very well, and I saw how he responded in that, in that crisis where they had a flood. And so, uh, you know, a little bit about Dan Skidmore. I've known him since he was a young uh, combat controller in the Air Force, and I've been working with him through a lot of entrepreneurial little endeavors that he's been doing up until this uh, Marrakesh, the Kesh experience, I believe is what it's called. And uh, the guy's just, I mean, he, he has grit. He has that one determining factor that makes sure that you have uh, that ingredient is the most critical ingredient. And, and Dan definitely has that. And so, uh, you know, I think a little bit about that kid. He literally, uh, as a combat controller, was one of the first in teams to the Haiti earthquake. So he, he'd experienced how to handle stress, and he experienced how to be involved in that type of emergency environment. And so I think that type of training led him to build that culture amongst his organization, Evolution Athletics. Is that is that correct, Dan? That's 100% correct, yeah. And yeah. then and following on to 2015, uh, and I, for one of the first guys into Iraq as well, once that kind of draw, drew back, that was kind of my last hurrah as yeah. an active duty combat controller. So I drew on a lot of those experiences. So we built a culture there, Brad, and it was amazing. So these guys pulled together and uh, him and his partner, Izzy, they literally put that thing back together. And it was a, it was a play-by-play on Facebook, social media. They, they communicated the problem. They communicated the solution. He rallied the troops. He led his team into the resurrection of that business. And so, you know, without further ado, I'll turn it over to Dan and he can tell his story. But, you know, as an outside guy watching from the, you know, my, my uh, perspective, he just did a phenomenal job. He came out on top, executed, moved on. So there is life after this. So I'll, I'll turn it over to Dan. That's Dan. awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Jim, thanks for that intro, man. Uh, yeah. So we met in, I believe it was like early 2012, 13. And I was a Ben, I'd already been in the Air Force. I got involved in and had a successful career there. Then I eventually got involved into a CrossFit gym, bought into this business and uh, was really like following my passion. That evolved into some commercial real estate ownership and then uh, went through like a regime change with some partners, ended up on my own trying to focus on this gym and, uh, and build it into the best possible scenario that we could. Built this gym out had a, and then used the space to have a yoga studio. And then we just started carving out little areas of this commercial real estate into a coffee shop and uh, a physical therapy and a massage place. Well, then all of a sudden, we started getting a lot of rain, right? And Hurricane Florence sat over Western North Carolina and dumped on us. And we had 500-year floods 
which put five and a half feet of water inside of our building. We also didn't have, oh, and about a year before that, we had started a kayaking and canoe rental company because there's a river that runs right behind our building and, uh, and that took from us, but it's also given us a lot. So anyways, we got five and a half feet of water in the building. It left about as soon as it got in there. And you know, we were the first back into the building, saw the destruction, uh, and then rallied the troops and did what we really do in, in a crisis situation to say, hey, all right, let's examine this problem. We'll triage what we got to do, which is to sort it out, see what happens next, and then man, get to work, right? And, uh, and so we were in there day and night pulling everything out because, as you know, flood water is absolutely disgusting. So we had yep. to rip everything out of the building. Um, and that was not a cheap ordeal. I mean, it's like, watching a, a good a good chunk of cash just float down the river um, and there's nothing you can do about it right so we just said hey we're gonna we're gonna do everything we can here we reached out to some friends and and luckily everybody sees like hey these guys are struggling this is their passion uh, they want to dump themselves into it but we had a huge community outpour of help right people just pouring sweat equity into it into a place that they love because Fort Bragg North Carolina as you guys might know is not necessarily the best place but if you go through the army or if you're in the air force you probably touch Fort Bragg at some time and so our goal with the collective which is the the name of the building which is a, a group of veteran-owned small businesses and we've really done everything we can to improve Fort Bragg, right? So bring an awesome fitness experience, bring coffee, bring people that are, you know, fit, uh, health and wellness people like physical therapists, massage therapists, estheticians, and create a hub that can improve soldiers and airmen's lives, right? While they're spending their time at Fort Bragg. Well, luckily people love that experience and they came in and they wanted to rebuild it just the same way we did. And it took 40 days and 40 nights uh, which is a you know, kind of a biblical reference if you, yeah. if you buy into that. Uh, and man, worked our asses off and uh, and rebuilt, opened back up, and uh, and it's been even better than it was before. We were able to kind of change some things to the way that we wanted it to, uh, cut some fat, right, and uh, and streamlined our systems during the time of that of that. And and then I've since sold the gym uh, to one of my coaches, so I was able to take a step back from that and work more on our entire empire as we know it, which is, uh, which is really a blessing for us because it gave me more time to work on the business as opposed to just focusing on the fitness aspect, uh, which has led us to Marrakesh, Morocco. So my wife is Moroccan and, uh, and we had a unique opportunity to acquire a piece of property out here in Marrakesh you know, and we're in the old Medina and Medina basically means like the city walls, right? And this is a UNESCO heritage site. Uh, it's, it's ancient. I mean, 200 year old buildings um, where it, it's, you know, antique principles are still happening right here. And it's one of the few places that you can still walk down the streets and feel that ancient Middle Eastern feel, you know, it's like a perfect blend between Afghanistan, Iraq, California, and like Santa Fe, New Mexico. Right. I love it. And so, uh, <laughs> and I, and I absolutely dig it. Right. I mean, those are all beautiful places. Um, and so, you know, the culture is very awesome. Like it's very accepting of Westerners and, uh, because they're business minded. Right. And, and they have been for years. And so 
Um, and we're here, we're renovating a boutique hotel and opening it up for tourism. And, uh, and that's the big pull to Marrakesh, right? Everybody wants, you know, the people coming out of Europe, the weather up there is not necessarily the nicest. So they can jump on a cheap flight, get down to Marrakesh, spend a couple of days and enjoy their lives. And so we're, we're doing everything we can to renovate this hotel. And now we've got the biggest issue in humanity for the last <laughs> however many years, right? Here's the deal. <laughs> what were you the least, because I mean, you guys come from a training background that is prepared for so many things. So there's almost so many things that you are going to prepare. What do you feel is what, something that you weren't, when you came and saw that devastation, when you came back to the ground, what is something you feel maybe you weren't, or maybe the people you work with weren't prepared for? Uh, I think it was just the emotional trauma mm -hmm. of like, of like, Hey man, this is, well, that was a lot of money that we just pissed away. You know, it's, it's crushing, you know, backbreaking hard work, ripping out drywall and ripping up floors. And so that compounding uh, fatigue, it definitely gets to you. And, uh, and so that, you know, we relied on the things that we do know, which is health and focusing on your recovery, focusing on your nutrition, right? Don't add extra stress by working out. Right, you can use those this this time and this manual labor as your training, right? Because humans, it, you know, working out is it only gets you so far. We do it because a lot of us lead a sedentary life. Yep. But if we refocus our mindset on, hey, this is my work, right? I'm going to rip up this floor as fast as I can, or I'm going to lay this drywall in and make it a, and gamify the system, right? Well, then I stop caring about the money and I make it a game, and then all of this work is now for a purpose. It's the mind games. They say you have those arguments. The number one person you argue with is yourself, right? You, you argue with yourself throughout the day on, do I continue? Am I uncomfortable? Am I stretched? And, and I've seen Dan go through a partner change where we had a separation. You know, we've worked through several, we've had landlords try to kick him out for being out in the street. I mean, I can go on and on. This is my experience with just him. Um, right, right. after the other. And it has been, it's, it's almost funny now that, uh, you know, we are where we are, but at that time, I mean, every step of the way this man has not had an easy run. This man cleared a, a, a Creek. He started a business, which I was like, terrible idea doing his outfitter job where he's going to put people in rafts and kayaks and they're going to float down this river. Well, in my mind, I was thinking whitewater rapids, Oh my God, the type of the insurance you're going to need, you're going to need special training for different class rapids. So I look at it from the risk perspective. Dan's like, Oh, no problem. It's a lazy river. It's like floating down on a tube. <laughs> a great time. Right. So anyway, long story short, him and his team went down this, this river and cleared debris to make that river an actual place where he could earn revenue and he used the natural lay of his land. And that was one of the major benefits. And by God, he was successful in getting it done. And a lot of people, I don't know if they're experiencing it now, but I mean, up until he left, it was, I mean, people were on it. Absolutely. And, and we actually just had our first uh, weekend last weekend and it is, man, it's a cash cow for us. Um, and, and using that, using what we have, right. And utilizing those assets and seeing what you can have available to you. And I, I actually learned that lesson from you, uh, man, like maximize your potential before you do anything else. I, I, I was actually about to make one of the worst mistakes that, you know, we, I've seen the U S government make over and over is starting multiple wars in multiple places. Right. 
huge mistake. And, and luckily, some sage advice saved me a lot of money and a lot of heartache. But don't start multiple wars on multiple fronts, right? Protect what you got and then maximize that potential. And we did that with the Spring Lake Outpost. And I'm just either crazy or stupid enough to get in the water with a chainsaw and, uh, and clear this route. And man, a bunch of people, we were maxed out last weekend. I mean, totally booked out. And, uh, and it's been, and, and now for Isdihar and myself, it's totally passive income because we've built a team and we've put those uh, procedures in place that they can totally run it. And then I can just sit back and, and massage Instagram and engage with people, right? And invite them out to our business, which is one of the things that I, I think is going to be key in the next step of everything that we're doing for, for businesses that are going to succeed with this. So, man, I'm, I'm totally blessed with the Spring Lake Outpost it, and uh, it's been a fun experience, you know. Getting Let's go water. back to that for a second if we can. Like, talk about that, that you know, you, you, you said it, that that's going to be key coming up, the way in which we engage. You know, I've been saying it where we meet our, our clients, our customers, where they're at now and explain that. What, where do you, what do you see happening there? What are some of the changes going to happen? Now that everybody's tightening up, now the business, in my opinion, businesses are going to have to provide something more, right? And everybody's got a problem that they need to solve, right? Whether it's as simple as, hey, my knees hurt when I walk or my shoulders hurt. Or, and nobody likes to deal with pain, right? So I created this other company uh, called Ruck Wrap. And I've done this event called Go Ruck for the last couple of years. This Go Ruck is, uh, it started with a special forces guy making backpacks, right? And then the events... It's basically team building endurance challenges. So walking like 20 miles through the night, carrying 50 pounds on your back. And then I'm an instructor for this. So I get to travel and have fun with it. Um, but, you know, it's trauma to the body. And as you know, like it, no matter if you're working out, if you're rowing, if you're walking, and these are reps, right? And your body can only take so many reps. But if you can learn how to maintain your machine better, which is the slogan of Ruck Wrap, uh, you can get more out of your body. And so what we're doing now with it, with this Ruck Wrap company is providing tools that can take your, that, that can reduce your pain. And so if you say, hey, Dan, my knee hurts when I sit down or I can't really run anymore. I love to run. If we can give you a quick video and a tool for your toolbox to fix that, that's value added right there. And then if we ask you and say, engage with you because you've, you've hit the follow button on Instagram because we've got funny, cool pictures. If you've shown you're interested, well, I want to know your story, right? I want to know how we can help you and be a better resource for you. And so I've been doing that and, uh, and man, it's, it, it's been huge for us uh, in, in just the last couple of weeks and, uh, and months. I started that in September and it's been, it's been a lot of fun and, uh, and we're fighting up against some big competitors, you know, Rogue Fitness, Kelly Starrett, guys like that that have been doing it for a long time, but we're breaking into a different market. You know, it's not the CrossFit market. They've got their thing. This is now doing like obstacle course racing and people that are just, you know, back to the very basics of this fitness thing, which is just carrying weight for the, for miles on end and crushing themselves. When we come back, I want to try to talk about what you are experiencing in this kind of pain. How do we address their pains? And so we want to hear from our sponsors for a second here. And, and actually right now, Jim, uh, tell us a little bit about some of the stuff that you're working on. Uh, you're working on some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, so right now it's uh, SunX Solutions, which is a small business consulting company that is being built out to work with small businesses, just like Dan and just like what Brad does. But we're uh, we're looking at it in all different aspects of it. You can get more information going to SunXSolutions.com. Dan, coming back to this, then, so talk, let's talk about that 
you know, one of the things they say, if you want to, if you want to make money, if you want to be successful in business, you need to solve people's pains. How do you go about defining what their true pain is? You know, a lot of times people say, you know, oh, I want to, I want to be successful. And what they really want is they want to just not as have uh, as many stress. But, you know, how do you get through to what somebody's true pain really is? Right. Well, then we go back to the higher, our, our hierarchy of needs, right? And so, hey, we're, we're taking advantage. We're, we're taking into account your fed, your water. But can you walk without pain, right? Can you play with your kids? Can you get through those things? And nobody likes nagging little issues in their elbows. And so I've got this. Uh, I was introduced by to this tool called Voodoo Floss, or, or uh, it's just a, a you know a band. It's about seven feet long, and I was introduced to it by a guy named Donnie Thompson. Well, Donnie Thompson, at 46 years old, hit a 3,000 pound powerlifting total. Right, that means with with, with one squat, with one deadlift, and one bench press, he, he totaled 3,000 pounds. And he was able to do that by training smarter, right, and and preparing his body better than all the rest of the dudes that were taking a lot of drugs and, and just going crazy with it. And so he showed me these things and, and all it is is a tight wrap, right? So you take this band and you wrap it around a joint, um, leave it on there for three to five minutes, move through some range of motion stuff. And it works on a lot of different cellular levels. One, uh, intermittent ischemia, which is a lack of blood flow, right? So you're basically tourniqueting mm-hmm. a muscle which is totally fine, right? Totally healthy as long as it's not prolonged. Um, but then man, we're increasing blood flow and pushing swelling back into the body to get absorbed by the lymph system so it can get excreted back around, right? Be- because any- anything we, do, we can do to increase our circulation is going to be positive as well for healing. And so we've used this very simple tool to man, get swelling out of areas, bring fresh blood in, uh, work on the actual fascial tissues. And it's a huge thing, man. I mean, it, it, it just works, right? You just have to try it. It's a little, it's a little uncomfortable. Uh, there's been a lot of science behind it. And then now we're building into, you know, the whole idea is we're going to add products that build value to strength training and have tactical applications as well as athletic applications, right? I don't just want something that's just for sports. I want something that I can give to a soldier and he can put it in his backpack and say, Hey man, if I, if I sprain my ankle coming off of a fast road, uh, you know, I'm, I'm coming out of a helicopter, dropping down into a city and I roll my ankle. Well, I can throw this on, on my foot, brace my ankle, continue the mission and be successful. Right. And it's a simple tool. That's it's real, real life, man. And this is the shit that we do all the time. Like, and I've got, I've got multiple different uh, guys telling these stories that, man, this is how we're using this product. And so we're bridging that gap between what we're doing oper- operationally in special operations in the military and what we can do in the gym, right? Which is just for fun. But this is a life-saving skill. And, uh, man, we've been able to tell a story and then people come to us and say, hey, I've got this knee pain. How do we fix it? Well, here's, here's the instructions. And we'll, we want to teach, right? Because that's, at the end of the day, what we are. Yeah. So one thing, guys, I wanted to circle back on that last point where we are reaching out to how are we going to engage our customers or, or our clients or our demographic in a place where we are today, right? And I think it comes down to how are you going to engage the client? So this is my two cents. My two cents is it's going to be through invitation. It's going to be the ability to invite people 
So you can make one message, send it out to them, a personal message. Hey, Brad, I'd like to invite you to this and get that invitation and then start making it more personal. We're going to have to white glove approach our clients. We're going to have to really focus on targeting. And targeting means find out that 80% of your business comes from that 20% of your customer base. Who is that customer? Find out a profile, develop a profile for that customer, target effectively. It's going to be more personal. It's going to be more, hey, hey, Dan, this is Jim. I want to invite you to this. And I've invested in Dan and Dan's invested in me. And so when I invite Dan, it's not just I'm an influencer. It's that the ability to use a social capital to then monetize these relationships, to drag these people back into the products that we're doing. I took right. Dan's advice. Dan has this ruck wrap. I didn't have a ruck wrap. I had these damn knee straps um, for squats and stuff. And I, if you know anything, I don't like squatting. So uh, <laughs> he uh, talked about the swelling and I, I watched this thing. He put it on his arm and he squeezed the living shit out of it. And uh, I said, man, I should do that. So I called my doctor and said, hey, you know that leg that's been swelling that knee? Do you think I could wrap this thing around like a tourniquet? And he's like, yeah, that's a medical term. It's called the vascular flush. It's been used in physiology forever. And this is this and that. And I was like, oh, shit, Dan was right. And so uh, I strapped it down and I literally squeezed the living shit out of my leg. And uh, the swelling has never came back. To Jim's point, uh, you know, hey, full disclosure, here's a tactic that I've been using. And it all goes down to targeting. You said it perfectly. The targeting method that we use in special operations is find, fix, finish, exploit, analyze, and then repeat, right? And so it almost looks like fear if you write it out. Well, I've, I've identified my targets through social media, whether it's Instagram or Facebook, and then I can send you a very personal message, do a quick look and say, hey, what are you into, right? How can we help you achieve these goals better and, uh, and present the solution to their minimal, these little problems that are easily solved, right? Hey, we've got the answers to the problems, but it needs to be a personal approach. I don't want this blanket thing, right? People want to be heard and, uh, and we want to help them. And, and the more genuine and authentic that is, I think the better it goes. And so, man, it, the more people that I can help, the better I feel. And hey, it's, it's part of the business. You know, it's funny that so much when we're in a market, it's about um, when you're in the market, it's about sticking out and being recognized for something that you can deliver a value that isn't the same as everyone else, right? Um, yep. And it's, it's a unique thing that's happening nowadays that, that when, you, when you look at um, the, the way in which we deliver, there's so much internet blasting, you know, mass marketing, mass stuff like that. And it's interesting how pendulums tend to swing like that, right? And, and now we're in this kind of blended motion where we're using the mass approach to at least connect to them. But then, but then we're delivering depth into, into that personal relationship and, and really asking sincere, helpful questions. Like, how are you being there? How are you serving people? Um, so when, you know, Dan, like when you're going through and approaching that um, and you're looking for, you know, to, to have that communication, uh, what do you typically find? Does your, does your conversation change based on the, um, um, the product that you're, you're you know, the, the business that you're representing at the time? Or is there kind of an underlying element that you found that in my businesses, this type of communication connection, it, it tends to be the most uh, successful? Well, everybody needs something different, right? If you've got pain, I can fix that. If you want more adventure, we got a tool for you there. If you're perfect and you are status quo, dude, I want to link you up with the next guys to push you even further and then finish off with a great cup of coffee, right? So having something for all of those stages of whatever 
stage of the wellness continuum you're at, right? Whether you're sick, you're great, you're really fit, or you're a professional athlete, um, the conversation will always change, but it can start the same way. And then some people are not going to say anything back to you. And so just let them go, right? If you've got 20,000 fake followers on Instagram, I don't want to talk to your narcissism anyways, right? But man, like I want real people and I want to be able to solve their real problems. And everybody's got a different problem. And that's just what we are, man. We're, we're problem solvers. And if we can help you get a little bit closer to solving your problems, dude, we're on the same team, right? And we can build that community and, uh, and they'll trust us. And then we'll trust them because they're now on the team. Amen. And I'm telling you, Dan is one hell of a coach. If you guys are looking for anything related to fitness, if you guys are looking for anything to be strong, um, he's been on my ass since I've met him. To uh, And he's, he's very forgiving to me because he respects his elders. But uh, most of the time, he's on your ass, right? And so if you want, if you think you're bad and you think you're, you're all that, he's just the guy to teach you that lesson, right? He'll put you right where you think you should be and you'll realize where you measure up against the best. And uh, if you've seen this kid since he started his Air Force journey, which I have, and watched him go through, just the evolution of the individual has been absolutely tremendous. And I have seen this kid, or I should say man, in uh, difficult times in uh, every type of situation you can imagine. And I've seen that he is so true to his belief system. That moral compass, the way he operates, Stay dangerous is exactly the right mantra to attach to this guy, man. I mean, he literally, he, he walks the talk. He's, uh, he, he's always applied. We've spent countless hours and he applies what he learns immediately. He does not hesitate. He practices neutral thinking, something that most people don't understand in his style of business. He, he might not know it's called neutral thinking, but the fact of the matter is he's not too happy or two, everything's going to be gravy. Everyone's going to win. We're all going to, everything's going to be fine. And he's not too, it's going to be terrible. He's always been like reading and reacting, whatever it is coming. He just, Hey, this is what's on the fence. Whether we like it or not, it's what is, is. And now what are we going to do about it? What's my primary? What's my contingency? What's my emergency? And then execute. And it's that he doesn't hesitate. And as a result, he gets results where other people don't. And I've watched this guy coach. He drags the best out of these people. And if you just need to watch him do his thing, he's a little sarcastic. He's a little funny. He's a little touchy. He gets them uncomfortable. He challenges them a little bit. But he's right there with them the whole time, you know. So he adds tremendous value. But he has a certain level of confidence that comes from being drugged through the mud so many times. That's awesome. You know, speaking of that uh – Dan, what, what, give, give us three nuggets of, of all the experience you've learned from, from the combat to the business combat to, to all these different experiences. What are let's three takeaways, three nuggets that you can give for our listeners? All right. So just back to that one, Jim knows me very well. And, and Jim, thank you, Jim. Um, but man, my first one that I, I comes to mind is back to that, what we were just talking about community. you got to engage, right? Every community needs a leader and, uh, and they need the leader to help them solve the problems. Okay. The second one is uh, you got to adapt your practices based on whatever the battle is that you're fighting at the time and then overcome whatever it is, right? We got a lot of, we're in a weird fight right now. And, uh, and nobody really knows what's happening or what's going to happen, but we need to be planning whether you're in a business timeout 
which currently we're in a tourism timeout here in Morocco. And this is a great opportunity for us to plan. And man, I've made huge strides in the last two weeks and, and it's prepping perfectly. So adapt practices and then overcome those obstacles, right? We adapt and overcome. Um, and then do what you do well, really well, but also run many experiments, right? I always want to be trying new things and, uh, but you got to master what you're good at, right? I can't pretend to be somebody that I'm not I have to do what I do well, but always be willing to take in new ideas, see how it works, give it a run. And if it, it, it's performance based, it either works and you keep it or it doesn't work and you move on. So Dan, tell, tell everybody where they can connect with you and whether it's through Instagram or on, on the World Wide web or through a phone call, how can they connect with you? Man, you can email me at teamleader at ruckwrap.com. Or if you want to drop into Marrakesh, Morocco, uh, I started this thing called the Kesh X, right? The Kesh experience. And what we're doing here now is it started off as like our excursions and the way that we manage your travel to this foreign land. You know, we're here in the Middle East and it can be kind of intimidating if you don't speak Arabic or French um, or if, even if you do. Um, so our, now what we're doing is taking a, a different approach. Um, doing things for the art, right? Creating jobs, creating purpose, making the little things around Marrakesh better and better and better. Um, and then community and cleanliness, right? Cleaning up the streets, making it look beautiful. When, so when tourism does come back, it's even better. Uh, and then some environmental things. Uh, so keshx.com drops an email and uh, we, we respond to it all. Ruck rap. I'm on there all the time. You can get a hold of awesome. me. And you said That's that was awesome. leader at Ruck Rap. That's R-U-C-K-W-R-A-P. Is that it? Team leader at R-U-C-K-W-R-A-P.com. Awesome. I want to dig deeper into this cash experience because I think you're living this thing in a way that you're, you're able to take the flood experience, right? The, the, the all stock business stock income, boom, done, um, you know, expenses out, um, you know, fix the, the property up. And, and then have to kind of come back and, um, and and focus on on really kind of rebuilding. So let me ask this question: You know, when in the where you're facing right now, um, what feels like the biggest hurdles to to of implementation to get? Or like, what are the biggest hurdles of what you're seeing right now? Well, it's really the unknown, right? Yeah. And, and but really, that's not really a hurdle because I can I can plan to whatever, it's not going to matter what that circumstance is because I'm living the life that I want to live and I'm going to set up these business practices to support that, right? And so whether whether tourism comes back or not or the economy does this or that, um, I'm going to be happy because what I'm setting up is is helping other people, right? Whether it's just the Moroccans and we're starting or creating jobs and creating food and wealth and giving starving artists jobs, right? Um, or if it's improving this situation so that more people come back to here, man, there's a win-win for what we're doing uh, with the cash experience. You want to go through a little bit of that, exp uh, of that detail. So, so you're saying, okay, um, we, we uh, invested in this Moroccan ho uh, hotel uh, so that we could, you know, create an experience to gain income from this and we could surf mm -hmm. through that. Right. And all of a sudden mm -hmm. the income level just stopped and you went, right. shit. <laughs> and so right. right now there's, there's, underlying building and philosophies and in the remodel that you're still investing in for that, that return. And it, give us a little bit on, on the way in which you're serving the community. Why, what's the purpose there and how is that facilitating your larger goal and pictures? 
okay, so immediately, as soon as there's less people walking through the streets, jobs, right? People have zero income because they're not able to sell carpets or shoes or whatever their goods are that they're hustling. Um, And so taking that focus and leading that to another purpose, uh, mobilizing those people, giving them some leadership and saying, Hey guys, we can do this. And, and at the end of the day, it will be a better environment and then use their skills to improve their foxhole in their community and put those little things into place. Man, this is already a beautiful land, right? All this infrastructure is already here. But if we can take this time where nobody's doing anything, we're not doing anything with the Riyadh besides, um, besides renovating a little bit. And that timeline has gotten pushed. Well, Hey, if we're all in this together, let's focus on what we can affect right now that will yield good results no matter what. And so that's been the kind of just shift of mindset between, hey, we're going to do this Riyadh and the renovation to let's focus on our community, right? And bring it back and make it simple and, uh, and help your neighbor. You know, the one thing that I was asking it, all my people is what one decision, what one thing if done today can make the biggest improvement in the shortest amount of time. So if you ask that question, you're going to find the answer and then align your cause and your passion with that solution. And then you got yourself something to work with. You got yourself a foundation. And I think a lot of people are looking outward to find the solution to their problem. When the, when the answers look inward and find a solution to your own problem, right? So you take care of your tribe first. Once you got your tribe in lockdown, then you work towards your community. You take care of your community. Once you get that figured out, then you can start broadening out each one, teach one. It's about responsibility. And Jim, even within that too, even before that tribe, right? The self, there's so many people out there are just running around like chickens with their head cut off. How do, how do we get them to get that, to regain whatever confidence or focus or belief or faith that they had before? How do they, how do they regain that? So I think that that, the, the solution to that is maintaining cool, calm, directive approach to it. And it's just like when the bullets start flying, right? You don't want to be that guy that's freaking out and reactionary. Have a, come up with a plan. It doesn't have to be the best plan ever because you can flex it as you go. Uh, but man, offer some leadership and stay calm, not showing the, the fear outward, right? We all have fear. Um, you can't be void of that, but having a, a and being able to articulate a plan to help somebody else, right? Get them out of the fear loop and then back into some action. Um, that, that has, has seemed to benefit, you know, my conversations out here. And, um, and it also challenges what they're already thinking and gets them thinking about not, not the problem at hand, but all right, what's the next step? What can I do to be a part of this big thing? Right. And every time I've ever talked to Jim, Jim's blasting all these ideas about what he's doing. And I'm like, dang, all right, all right. I can take this. I can take that. How do I, how do I fit into that game plan? And how can I, how can I use that and rework that? And maybe, maybe I'll take bits and pieces of it. And, and if you can have a calm conversation with somebody, maybe they can take a little bit of what you're doing and implement it into their lives. You know what, Dan, you made a great point there. And I think one thing to even kind of um, reflect for everyone else, because I think there's some points where, you know, in, in through military training and stuff like that, you guys were kind of meant to see the, the shit hit the fan and then move on, right? And react to it and, and engage with it. When a lot of people, small business owners, um, if they started their business in the last 10 years, they really, I mean, they've seen the stress and the challenge of running the business, but not the economic just debacle that, that, that shows in front of them. 
when when you guys see this, and I'm going to ask this kind of as you see it as a um, as a trained uh, uh, um, you know military man that sees a civilian, you know, how do you get, how do you pass on to them that that um, um, that being okay and stepping forward? Like I like part of what you said was connect to um, you know to something big, connect to understanding your 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 position there. What else do you help guide people through it like that? Well, the, the old saying, Hey, it can always be worse, right? Right. (laughs) Right now we're good, right? We've got food. We've got our, our friends, we've got our network. We've got the capacity to, uh, to take care of ourselves. Now we can start looking outward and we can plan. Right. And, and so if I give somebody a goal and some hope of, Hey, even if it is bad, we can rely on this and we can go back to that uh, community and nobody's going to starve here. Right. Yeah. The government, the, the kingdom of Morocco has done a good job and, and, and they're going to take care of their people. And they've put things in place to do that. And, and whether Dan is here trying to further that initiative or not, um, I can be that. I, I want to be that calm voice that says, all right, guys, we can get through this together. Let's let's rely on each other. And so every time you see somebody, just ask them if they need anything and, uh, and make their problems some of yours and help. If I can help solve my friend's problems. I think we'll all be more successful, right? Or even give them a different perspective. Because uh, and I, when I get challenged, it, it opens my mind up to to different possibilities, and um, and then inspires me to to do better than for the next time and to prep a little bit better. Well, and they like say that, that, right? If you want to be successful, solve other people's problems, right? Jim, you had something there. Yeah, I was going to say that. Um, you know, part of the reason that Dan is successful is that the training pipeline that these guys go through, right? So people really don't understand how you build these individuals. And I mean build as it is built on building blocks. And they understand the psychological cost associated with emotional trauma and combat. And us being the parents of these guys, we go through a certain amount of education because of who they are and what they do. And so... One of the, uh, I, I think, Dan, you could touch on this too, um, Grossman's product, uh, the psycholo- you know, on combat and on, on killing. And it talks about the psychological cost of combat and killing and the bulletproof mind uh, attachment effectively that these men have to go through. And I think it's that skill set that really separates these guys in a time like this because, um, you know, I deal with a host of these type of individuals and each one of them is pretty focused and driven and still, I mean, you know, Dan, you could speak to it probably better than me, but if you look at the guys that are absolute combat proven uh, BMAFs, these guys are out there. And I mean, this is going down, but they're all doing their thing. I mean, I don't see uh, a lot of these guys crumbling. They're all, they're all offensive minded, offensive position players. And, you know, one of the things I was going to bring up that really blew me away there's these, the two pipelines, the PJ pipeline and the combat control pipeline. And the way it was described to me by uh, Mickey Wright, one of your bosses, was that one's in the business of, of making messes and one's in the business of cleaning up the mess, right? So which division of that do you want to be in? And, uh, you know, Dan, you can speak to that. Man, I like to be on the... On the <laughs> on, I like to control the mess, right? If I want to make a mess, I'm going to do that. If I don't want to make a big mess, I want to apply the right target, the right tool on the right timeline to make as big a mess as I want to make. And that's the controller in me that says, I'm going to control these factors, right? I can control my emotions. 
I can control my environment, I can control my mindset, and to, to lead these guys, whether it's my business or somebody else's business that I, that I truly care about, um, and, and try to help them out with their mindset and, uh, and on combat, on killing, you know, that, that, that bulletproof mind to say, I'm not currently bleeding out. Nothing can hurt me, right? Even, dude, take, take all my money away, take my clothes away. You're not gonna kill me. And if you do, bro, hey man, that was just the time, right? You beat me, but you're not going to, right? And so if I can control those little factors, I wanna stay in control of that. And if you can always stay one step ahead of it by keeping a healthy mind, healthy body, an organized schedule, maybe one step ahead of the game. One thing that we talk with with my clients about quite a bit is internal and external loci of control. Like where where is the control? Like the things that you can control and the things like you can't control the weather, but you just said, you know, that perception of control, right? Comes in mm-hmm. in the, the way we control our emotions, our mindset, our, the stuff that is in within our own uh, container. And, you know, you said that so right, that that's the type of control that you can gain. And respecting that the rest, the, the coronavirus and the way it passes through, that's that's not our control other than what our actions are due to affect that. You know? yeah, that fear that you exude, right? If I show that I'm super worried about this and that everything's going to be bad, dude, what's that going to do to everybody else? It's not happening, Absolutely. Man. It's not happening. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not even letting that in, right? Because we're going to win no matter what, right? We're going to find a way. And this is a great opportunity. This is a great opportunity for us to all come together, whether it's technological, uh, technological or science, right? Doing the things that we needed to do, stop killing each other for a little bit and man, get far as, as humans. And uh, yeah. this is a great opportunity for us and, and a great opportunity for business owners as well. Dan, I, you know, we want to thank you so much for you. And, you know, everybody, you've got three just absolutely golden nuggets out of this today to, to be able to really just um, take and, and, and apply. You know, I mean, understand the ability of control, like start with yourself being grateful, finding your purpose, connecting to something that what you're doing that is that important that the income doesn't matter. Even if we're being held off, there's a purpose that's there and that you can build your community and you can support others making investments around you to build everything up. And when this comes back, oh, right? It'll be amazing, so. Nothing, thanks, Dan, for uh, staying up. I guess it's probably late out where you're at. But it's uh, totally worth it. Hey, hey, I I wake up at 3 a.m. for you guys. I appreciate it. I love it. it. Nice seeing you, brother. Keep in touch. And, and Brad, nice seeing you. Brendan. You bet, guys. Thank yep. you so much. Appreciate everything. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.